Do you love fine craftsmanship, beautiful designs, and stunning leather products? Well, look no further. Tiger Maroon is an ode to contemporary global design, fused perfectly with the finesse of expert artisanship. Tiger Maroon is a made-in-India global brand with products that are handcrafted to glorious perfection. They've got laptop bags, backpacks, belts, tote bags, clutches, wallets, card holders, passport holders, laptop sleeves, notebooks, keychains, mobile covers, and everything in between for both men and women. In fact, I'm using one of their wallets right now. So use the promo code LEV20 and get 20% off your order. That's L-E-V-20. That's www.tigermaron.com. Leverage Radio is back after a brief hiatus, and we have a very special guest with us here today. He's a third-degree black belt, professor of the grapple fight team in Brazil, a Globetrotter and Jiu-Jitsu ambassador, the great and powerful Professor Carlos Almeida. Sir, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for the listeners to tuning in. It's my pleasure to be here. And... I'm absolutely sure you're going to have a great fun. <laughs> How has uh, this COVID time been for you, Professor? Uh, it's really crazy time, guys. It's really crazy. Uh, here in Brazil, we were um, shutting down for five or six months. And absolutely no jiu-jitsu or any kind of fights over here. Uh, now, two, two weeks ago, I guess, start the reopening, but you know, jujitsu is the last thing that people want to do right now because <laughs> yeah. 99% contact, right? In fact, we just so, opened up our academy, um, I think last month, uh, but even here, people are still hesitant to walk in. What about you guys? Have you opened yet? Yeah, yeah, we are opening here. Uh, actually, we have on a competition team here, me and other uh, three guys, we have a deal. We training together like uh, the life is normal, uh, <laughs> even it's not. But uh, every two weeks, we got tested. And if anyone, unfortunately, get all other three will stop it, you know. But thanks God, till now everything's normal. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but but for classes for students, all with the social distance and squares on the mat. That's crazy thing. Yeah. Did you ever think you would see something like this? Um, of course, in not. your lifetime. Not <laughs> even not even in my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, jujitsu is a sport. I don't know how it can be done social distance. Like we can't. We even got so we get our competition guys uh, who want to compete and train and do it professionally. So we those classes there is a lot of people like about sixteen people, eighteen people. But in the normal, you know, like beginner classes and recreational uh, jujitsu classes, you know, not too many people are coming back but uh, slowly and slowly you know every class is like six seven eight so it's going up week by week but i think there's still a lot of fear um i'm assuming it's the same in brazil yeah yeah people are worried right especially for for new practitioners it's so hard because how how you can convince someone it's good it's fine it's okay (laughs) If they didn't practice before, they didn't yeah. know, they didn't felt this, and then you want to to keep close with someone on this outbreak. It's yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. yeah, we have to convince people to come do boxing and kickboxing, as come to the gym, see jujitsu happen, and you know maybe that will you'll be like, oh, that looks cool. I want to try it as well. Since you're already here, you might. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, like like um, second stage of uh, be on the gym, right? 
yeah start with that as distance management and then say really like come here i'll show you better <laughs> distance management what do you do if it goes to the ground so uh, professor you when did you start training like i'm sure you've been asked this a lot we don't know uh, couldn't find that out on you but at what age <laughs> did you start training jiu jitsu yeah uh, i started when i was uh, 17 years old uh, end of my 17 that was 1998 here in brazil uh i started because i used uh, lift weights okay but wall by wall we had another another club here is the gym here is the another club on that club they have jiu jitsu and judo classes right then uh some day i was going back home and pass in front of the this uh, club it's a uh, opening window it's very clear and then i saw a skinny guy very <laughs> skinny guy <laughs> take the arm bound the huge one on the uh, both are blue belts at that time and took an arm bar and said man that's crazy maybe that's not for real but okay i go home but i start thinking about this then two or three days after that i step in and said to to professor over there okay i want to try i want to to practice this one because i see this i see that then i watched the vhs videos about ufc like maybe 99.9% of the people yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> i started on thursday because so much people said oh that's a hard uh, game and this and that and i said okay if something not so good happen i have friday and then weekend to rest and recover myself right but that was yeah. okay i i just learned of course the basics i didn't fight but i fell in love with this shit absolutely <laughs> then then i practiced tuesday and thursday for just two weeks on the third week i was practicing every weekday so monday to friday i was practicing bjj that's amazing and according to you what was for you your toughest promotion so you started as a white belt like every buddy else um for you personally what was the toughest promotion what took the longest basically yeah yeah before i want to say that i was the worst white belt ever <laughs> I, i'm not even kidding i'm not even kidding you Oops. know why <laughs> you know why because on my six uh, first months i can't understand the game i can't understand the techniques properly I just know pull to the close guard and try to choke only only the people as advise me give me tips and lots of things but nothing come inside my mind but okay after 6 months something just happened like this like, yeah and I start to understand a little bit better and start to improving day by day Mm. By the way, answer your question properly. Uh my toughest belt was the blue one because I was 4 <laughs> years and a half on the blue one. Because lots of things happen, I start to compete regularly and I put that target. I want to become a pro in BJJ. Right. And then I moved to another city because i want to to do the university degree and then the other uh, professor don't know me good yes. they know my professor in my city but right. they don't know me so i keep the blue belt and then when i return after finish uh, university then i got my purple one <laughs> as a professor is there any uh, and what belt do you hold your students along this when you make them wait if you do it all i don't know if you do yeah i i i don't think i really i really give that that importance for this you know 
because I, I spoke to a lot of professors and they're all like, Bluebell should be the longest, should be the hardest. And a lot of people uh, are of the opinion that the path from Bluebell to Purple Bell takes the longest. Are you with that agreement or do you think it's completely the same? Uh, for me, for me personally, the blue one was the hardest one and the longest one. Right. But I felt the difference because I am a competitor. I felt the difference between the purple and the brown because the leg locks and yeah. lots of the stuffs on lower back. Mm -hmm. So I felt on my first months in brown one like I felt on my starting said, oh, man, I don't know that shit. I need to start again and again and again and again, you know. But then this become a challenge for me. And now I consider myself uh, not a, a specialist, but a good one in lower body attacks. Nice. Well, that's awesome because that leads me to my next question. Because IBJJF has recently... Uh, legalized leg locks for brown and black first. Are you the only one uh, out there in in your area in Brazil that's teaching leg locks? Uh, are the other clubs doing it as well or no? No, it depends of the, the school. Some schools, of course, I don't say any name, but some schools, they are totally against the, the yeah. lower body attacks. Like uh, Helio Grace style, you know. Oh, if you do this, you don't know Jiu-Jitsu. But right. then... I start to think, okay, uh, I have two arms, I have two legs, and I suppose attack only my arms, not my legs. Yeah. So, no make any no sense, sense in my yeah. mind, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I simply love it, these new rules from IBJJF. I can't wait to to start to get some heel hooks and cross my legs over I that thought, knees. I thought it was a joke when people were telling me that it's legal uh, because it's going to change the game very, very quickly. And, I mean, you mentioned that your club does it and you've been teaching it for a while. That gives you, I think, a big lead over your competitors, uh, at least in terms of competition, right? That should improve and help things quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, let me explain something to you guys. Uh, I started in one club and then 17 years after that, I changed it. Okay. Because this point and uh, lots of other points, they are splitting us, you know. Okay. I choose one way and the guys over there choose another way, so I left. I was from uh, Carson Gracie team in Sao Paulo, but then I moved to GF team because uh, in my perspective, at that time, GF team Sao Paulo is much more professional than GF team, than uh, Carson Gracie Sao Paulo. Uh, nothing, uh, I still have friends over there, I still keep the, the relationships, but for the professional situation, that was better for me, you know? I mean, we course. are not yeah. enemies and nothing like this. Uh, nice. But I, I felt on my gut, yeah, I felt on my gut. If I want more, I want to change, Yeah, right? But on GF team, we do a lot of things on heel hooks, even with gi, without gi, we <laughs> don't give a shit for that. <laughs> No, that's that's and and, and uh, uh, just uh, just uh, one more thing. You said uh, you think it's kind of joke when when you receive this message about yeah. IBJJF, yeah. right? But I'm I'm uh, fortunate because I have a friend. He's a referee in uh, IBJJF here in Brazil, and then he knows uh, he's from uh, Soul Fighters. And he knows I love this kind of uh, attacks and submissions. And he sent me a message. Oh, I have a news for you for next year. I said, oh, let me know. And then he sent me that. And suddenly I said, oh, I can be champion now. And he lost. <laughs> <laughs> I like you guys. Amazing. I mean, that's what I was thinking. So I'm a purple belt. By the time... Um, I'm, I, I mean, by next year or next couple of years, now I have a shot at winning the Worlds. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be like lost forever. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've been doing it for so long. Uh, this is surely a game changer. I don't know why it took so long to happen. Uh, Professor, uh, tell us a little about how you came to India and how you traveled so much. What were you doing exactly? You working I'm meeting or, Shiba. For seminars? Yeah, Shiba. Shiba. Shiba is my brother. So, uh, when I moved to GF team, right? No, 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 sorry, sorry, before, just a little bit before. Uh, I was about to open my own academy here. And then that uh, things start to happen between me and some guys on the, the other team. But uh, suddenly some opportunities came from, from uh, UAE to, to teach over there on uh, armed forces. And then I applied my resume and I did uh, some Skype interviews at that time, 2014. And then in December, some guys came to Rio and select some guys from Skype to interview the, the, the guys there in person. Right. So I received the, the, the invitation from email at that time. And also I started to think, oh, this is kind of joke. It's not possible. That's not happened. Right. Because I, I, I truly uh, need to go there to, to experience that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I'm able to do, you know. Right. It's kind of a weird mindset, but that's what happened in my mind that time. Uh, long story short, guys, I uh, live and be there for almost four years. And then on that transition, I changed to GF team. Okay. So lots of things happen because uh, when I start to be a GF team member, Many doors open to me. I, I'm so blessed to be on that team because for me, working very well, right? And uh, some opportunities came in Pakistan, in India, Afghanistan, Turkey, Portugal, and blah, blah, blah. So from UAE, when I get my uh, annual, annual vacation, right? I start to travel and meet some people in... Uh, give some seminars, some classes, some training sessions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that start to becoming big. Right. So I have affiliations in Pakistan with uh, TFF in Afghanistan with guys from uh, Snow Leopard, uh, from uh, India with uh, BJJ Kids, uh, with uh, Mr. Jitendra Kare from Timur Relentless, Shiba from uh, Kolkata, Suvra from New Day, Noida. Ooh. And that became, became uh, good. Yeah, Noida. He is from uh, Dynamic Kickboxing Academy. Kickboxing. Actually, oh, okay. yeah, actually they have only Nogi. Okay. But I considered Nogi as a Jiu-Jitsu, you know. 100%. So when we started off, like when these guys started the academy, um, I think for the better part of two years, it was only Nogi, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then, so in 2012, when these guys uh, who started Warriors Co, which is the academy where we train, uh, it was mostly Nogi. And then slowly we all like, okay, let's we all had, uh, We had Charlie come down from, from England. He left a gi here, so I just I, I used that gi and was, was training in the gi. So it was one of those basically all, all self-taught, um, basically. But uh, I have a coach in um, San Francisco. In San Francisco now, uh, he's the house Gracie Blackbird. So he comes down twice a year at least, uh, or I go there. So we that's how we get our uh, lineage and our promotions and things. That's it's pretty cool great. to, to see that you have you have somebody in Noida, somebody in Calcutta, and you have all over the world, all yeah. over India. <laughs> and uh, you visited Thailand as well, right? In your travels, yeah, yeah, so recently, yeah. Recently, yeah. I, I have a yeah, I have a friend in uh, Q23 uh, in Bangkok, and also I 
have friends in D, uh, GT Gym. It's uh, almost 9% uh, Muay Thai Gym. But some guys start a uh, contract with the uh, 1FC. Then they start to, to get interested in know more about uh, BGJ, no gi, yeah, right. looking for MMA. Then I, I gave some seminars on that gym. But for pure BJJ, if it, you want to do, it's in another way, another gym. Right. And you, uh, you make a clear distinction between MMA, grappling for MMA and no-gi jiu-jitsu grappling. Yeah? Um, yeah. And so, you, so as part of grapple fight team, there's a lot of fighters coming out of there as well? Yeah, yeah. Nice, you nice. you know why, bro? Because uh, GF team is essentially a competition team, mm. right? We don't do recreation classes, and even oh, really? our kids, yeah, yeah. Even our kids, of course, we teaching a little bit more fun, mm. but I don't know if it's our style, and the people come and just want. Oh, I want to test myself on that. I, I don't really know what happens with this, uh, this team. But uh, even kids, they come, they training, and then they see, oh, hey, coach, can I compete on this one? And that became huge. So uh, we split because we have many of uh, um, competitions before the, this COVID thing, of course. Jiu-Jitsu... Uh, no gi with uh, uh, IBJJF, but now became better. <laughs> then some guys trying uh, ADCC trials. So that's kind of grappling because it's different rule set, right? And then we have the guys in MMA. Mm -hmm. So we need to adapt each situation for each one, like, uh, uh, right? Uh, it's like you practice cricket, in your case, in India. Then you go to baseball in America. Baseball, yeah, it makes no sense. It, it's kind of a uh, similar situation, but have different rules, different approaches, right? right? right. I, I don't know if it makes sense for you guys. No, it does. But it's a I, 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 yeah, I try to I translate like this. <laughs> no, I, that makes a lot of sense. That actually leads me to my next question. Um, so I, I was prepping for the Asia trials, the uh, ADCC Asia trials. Um, and there was also um, the world, the Gi Worlds from uh, next year, early next year. Uh, so I, I was wondering, and I asked my coach, I was like, dude, should I, should I be dropping the Gi completely to train no Gi? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that it's necessary if you're prepping for such a big competition like these Asia trials that you have to drop the Gi completely? Look, uh, I think everything needs to be building in a good uh, infrastructure, right? Yeah. If you had a good base, you're going to get your goals. And the BJJ is the base for everything. On this, what I, I have said, uh, grappling, no gi, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so if you go to ADCC trials, an example, over here, we do that. You're going to train like uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, no gi, but Tuesdays and Thursdays with gi. Because you need to open your mind to many situations maybe happen in gi, and then you can transfer to no gi and capitalize on that, you know? Right. Um, so you think that I should still be training a little bit in the gi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit, a bit. Not uh, because some guys said, "No, it's same. I just want to train in gi." And then, man, it's not the it's same. It's not the same. But, <laughs> yeah, but you you should have the foundation, and then you can adapt yourself. Okay, that makes sense, Professor. How important is it to travel in this sport, like? Uh, and not necessarily different countries, but also cross train, go to different clubs, go expose yourself to environments that you're not, you know, the best in. 
So that will always be the case somewhere or the other. So what is your opinion on this? Since I was the blue one, when I moved to other city, I started to think about this. Because you can improve a lot your game and even your mind because you see different people, you see different uh, cultures, even inside the, the same country. Especially here in Brazil, because an example, on the extremely south, Germans and Italians and Polish guys was be there. And then on the north, Africans and some guys from uh, East Europe and this and that, you know. Uh, but thinking only about the fighting, everybody has a style. So visit many academies, many clubs you can. Because your game will do like this. It's like a rocket. Mm -hmm. And when I started to do that, I started to improve quickly and consistently. Because, of course, if you do uh, uh, a game and I said, oh, maybe this guy is too much taller, he's skinny, I'm short and fat. It's not the same, but even with that uh, scenario, I can get some things and adapt to my game, adapt to my kind of uh, body type, you know? We were just talking before this um, on something similar along the lines. Um, I was saying that nobody in this sport who does it long enough will have every part of his body be 100%, right? So you kind of have to adapt your game to like, what is not uh, working so well. So if your right knee is not working so well, you use the left leg to elevate. If your left leg is not working, then you know you've got to switch the hooks. So stuff like that. Um, how have you transformed your game and what is it that you've... Uh, what's your journey been like, like where you had to evolve things, is basically... And, and uh, even your competition journey, just like a background of... What the first mind that is... <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, so first of all, guys, here in Brazil, we had a joke, a BGG joke. Uh, the guys usually say that. I don't know if it makes sense in English, okay? Uh, but after I started Jiu-Jitsu, I never wake up and smile. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every day... When you wake up, oh, my shoulder, oh, my neck, oh, my knees, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's kind of that. Yeah. By, by the way, it's by the way, let's go. Time for morning class, guys. Let's go. Let's go. I started playing on guard, right? Like I said, close guard and try to choke and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then I start to get some uh, Kimura, arm bars, triangle, but I'm short. Triangle is not a good option. Then I adapt to Omoplata. Mm. And then from Omoplata, I adapt sweep uh, from Omoplata. And so I start to adapt myself with the things not working first. Then I start to get injured, like my left knee, my right shoulder, my right elbow. And then I start to play on half guard. And that's my, man, that's my addiction, definitely. Because when I started to do the half guard, the world is open wide to me. I start to thinking about taking the back, about the uh, leg, well. leg locks, about the um, sweeping, about the choke, loop choke, or whatever you want. But then the guys start to smash me because they know I start to trying too much things, right? Mm -hmm. Even some things not working, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm just blue and then purple belt and I'm... Just trying my best to, to get these things done. And then I start to feel my neck very, very seriously. Very serious. Because they put a lot of pressure. They tried to smash me, to pass my guard. And of course, I start to learn more about this. Because 
I need to, to find a way to escape, to keep doing these things. Right. Uh, then 2016, if I'm not wrong, I started a treatment, a treatment on my right shoulder when I was in UAE. The guy put a needle like this on my shoulder and then put some uh, uh, anti-inflammatory things. I don't know what this. Mm. But in six months, I said, man, I'm young again. Okay, I can do that shit. <laughs> okay, send me the number of your but, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's an Italian guy. He, he was on... Uh, Football team in Italy. I don't know which team, but by the way, he's he's awesome. really good, man. He's re he's really good. But the medicine helped him a lot to be good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so but, you're competitive. Then, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But then after these six months, I start to feel that again, and I said, Ah, you're just cheating me, ah, you. But something, I start to feel pain, and then I give my best again, and then everything fucked up again. <laughs> 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 so, uh, then I found my hernias. I don't know if it's, uh, it's uh, in English or not, on my neck. I have four... Uh, uh, for hernias in yeah on my spine yeah okay and then I started to to do uh, um, physiotherapy every day don't crack your neck please <laughs> yeah uh, that makes me want to <laughs> yeah yeah but you know why uh, you know what uh, I feel better now because I do a lot of exercise with. Uh, my shoulders and neck, and yes. I feel more comfortable yeah. because I feel, okay, I'm uh, strong enough to support this uh, pressure and do my, my thing on the half guard and do whatever I want, you know? Yeah. Right. So uh, for, for, my, for my competition background, that started on uh, blue belt properly. But when I was a uh, blue belt, we have a World Cup here. I don't know if you if you heard about this, guys. Mm -hmm. It's a kind of uh, opponent of IBJJF at that time. We're right. talking about 2000, 2001, 2002. And they give a money prize to all belts, all weight divisions. And yeah, it's a little bit weird. We know that. We don't know where this money comes from, but they give. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Why would you complain? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what's matter. Because uh, like 20 years ago, you don't even find this uh, uh, amount of money on BJJ competition, right? Right, right. So I started training very hard for this uh, World Cup, like uh, 8 to 10, noon to 2 p.m., and then 6 to 8 at the evening. But then, guess what? The injuries come harder and harder, right? <laughs> Have no secrets. If you trade more, you expose yourself more, and probably you get more injured. Uh, by the way, uh, I start to get more attention on my recovery, like uh, ice bath, uh, use some uh, creams with herbs and trying to, to find a way to keep doing. Absolutely. That's not, yeah, not to work so good for me, but I felt better. Like, uh, okay, if I need to recover 100%, using that, I recover 70, 80%. And okay, I keep yeah. doing this till today, till nowadays uh, I'm doing this. Because we know it's like a old car in my case, right? Forty years old, it's kind of old car. Yeah, of I mean, course, something, something you need to fix, but yeah. something you just can put petrol and go away. Exactly, it's not going. Are you, to are you still Ferrari. competing? Are you still competing? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, so my, uh, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, please. My next question. So my friend over here, uh, Mohit. 
Um, he's he's 31 years old. He's a blue belt and he does not want to compete. Um, and I'm his coach and he refuses to listen to me that uh, you should compete, you should compete, you should compete. And the main reason why I want him to compete is so that he can teach a competition team. So what do you do with students who just refuse to compete? Right. Uh, so from your first one, I'm still competing. Uh, I hope now in November we're going to take a good uh, competition here in the federal capital. They get all uh, COVID tests and all this shit. And I hope I'll be there because I'm almost one year without competition because this outbreak. I was competing last time in uh, Sao Paulo Open from IBJJF, Gi and No Gi. And then this year, we are one week, 10 days to go to a state championship and then everything's closed. By the way, uh, about uh, your students uh, compete or not. I usually say that, bro. You should compete at least once in your lifetime. You know why? Because you need to feel how your body uh, will deal with this. Because it's a lot of uh, mental stress for some uh, people and a lot of fun for other people. It's a lot of pressure for some people and a lot of uh, good thing for other Excitement people. Excitement for you know? somebody. So, yes. Yeah. We have two ways. But right. if you don't put yourself on that situation, how you know if it's good or not? In my competition, I was three months in BJJ. So you can imagine with six months, I'm like a piece of shit. In three months, I was nothing, right? <laughs> but then when, when I was there, guys, I feel, man, this is my world. Even if I lost every single tournament, I want to be there because I really love the preparation. I really love the physical training. Not that much as sometimes, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I really love that environment who put myself in a challenge, you know. Mm -hmm. If I need to lose weight, if I need to gain a little bit weight, if I need to improve my strength, if I need to improve my flexibility because uh, I want to face another guy or if I go to a regular tournament, how many guys I can uh, uh, find over there, like three, four, five matches. And man, I'm excited to talk about this. So <laughs> you can imagine, right? If I'm there, I'm preparing for this, how I feel, right? Right. So Mohit, at least once, please. <laughs> so, so just to clear the record, Professor, I have competed previously. Uh, right. Most, so like, and again, because my coaches told me to go compete, I did. Um, one time, I guess I won, but most others I've lost miserably. Um, so I feel like I have done what has, what was asked of me. But like you said, some people enjoy the competition. I don't particularly care for it. However, like I try and put in as much as I can into the training room and my teammates and my training partners. So I, I'm like, if somebody has aspirations to go compete, like look at his face right now. <laughs> he can't stand this when I'm telling him this. I'm like, if somebody wants to go compete, let them go compete and kick ass. If they want my help, they'll get my help. I'm there on the training floor every single day. Um, but I don't personally enjoy the thing of, oh, I'm going to have to fight this guy. Or I have to go compete. So it's just a personal thing, which he can't seem to understand. But I'm glad that you I, said I, I think should you should once. do it to like uh, Purple Belt at least. Or at least to Black Belt. What's, what's after that? <laughs> so, so every so, so, level. So guys, let, let, me, let me change a little bit here. Let me ask you something, Mohit. Sure. If you don't mind, of course. Please, please, Professor. Love it. Uh, 
why you don't want to face other guy on the competition oh i just have too many fucking injuries and i'm like dude oh, if, I, if i end up losing fucking, like my knee or something to man okay so when we're training who doesn't between, have injuries who doesn't have injuries yeah that's yeah, my point exactly exactly fair enough fair enough but i have told him i will compete i i just i voice the fact that i don't want to but if i'm in a position where i have to do something i almost always do it so if my coach thinks it's a good idea like go in there do it i'll go do it of course um you will fight with me you cry i don't want to compete i don't want to compete and no, then no. go once yeah whatever it is but then you know once i get in there then i'm going to try and maul the guy right so i'm not yeah, sitting back to oh, come past my dad and fight <laughs> me and beat me so none of that okay. when it's on the competition is on but uh okay okay not get there <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay, right, so, right. professor. Sorry, guys, to change a little bit the the. No, no, no please, this is the organization of the show, right? Love it, love it, love it. We need. No, please. I mean, you you host your own podcast. Please ask us uh, questions. Um, we know that we have uh, Shiva Banerjee in common. Um, yeah, yeah. What, Man, what does that amazing. mean? Like, how did you even find? How did you even find him? Uh, on my last trip to India, to twenty. 18 I was uh in contact with uh, Jitendra Kare from Team Relentless and uh Subro from Noida. He's supposed to come on this next week by the way. Vicky will hopefully be on really? the podcast. Yeah. Okay, I I please please I need you ask him a question. Please take tell note. Us, tell us tell us. Why every single fucking wrestling session yeah vicky sir try to take my neck out you'll <laughs> <laughs> have an answer for you soon please guys because no i said hey man i have a huge problem here but you, we can train normal right I I'm not able to say oh man I'm injured here go slowly go easy with me no I'm not this kind of person right if I broke my arm I said okay I can train because I broke my arm but if I broke my fingers I put tape and we're going to train right but he tried to take my head off <laughs> man it's so huge and he's fucking good on wrestling and he tried to take my head off <laughs> by the way <laughs> so guys uh, in the t- 2018 i'm in touch with these two guys and another guy from uh, bangalore i guess rohit who rohit rohit from ijj No no another guy but this guy is not a good guy he yeah, leave me alone didn't answer my questions by uh, direct messages or whatsapp right, he right. just uh, ignored me so okay. i left him uh, and then i found this uh, alpha omega combat club on internet blue blue boom yeah. found it <laughs> and i explained to him I said, "Oh man, I'm a Brazilian guy and blah blah blah. Here's my profile if you want to check because we know a lot of fake guys over there nowadays. Uh if you're interested, we can talking about, we can meet each other and maybe on the next time if you agree, we can do something." But the Shiba said, "No, no, no. I need you wanna come and give some uh, seminars here with Gi without Gi and I said okay if, if you think that will be good for you and your students you will look and then my man at the first uh, uh, contact we get really close you know because we found a lot of uh, same point of views we found of same uh, uh, approach okay. same mindsets so like like a vicar you know even on on uh, life path we have same opinions for a lot of things 
sometimes we fight because I like more a fighter in UFC. He like more another fighter, but that <laughs> doesn't uh, matter. But we have a lot of uh, ways we doing at the same thing or we thinking at the same thing. That's kindly of a brotherhood from me, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, Shiba is a legend. I mean, we also have, uh, we got in touch with Shiba and he's so funny. Dude. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we really enjoyed uh, speaking to him. And, you know, uh, I was just going to bring up that whenever this thing slows down, this COVID thing, you, maybe you could come give us a seminar here as well. Uh, we could do a joint thing with Shiba. Oh, it will be a, my pleasure, bro. Because you know what? When I got my black belt, I got uh, emotive when I said that. Uh, my main goal was that I want to spread BJJ message to many people I can. Even if it is in Alaska, in <laughs> Mars, I don't even know, you know. Or even here in Brazil, in small cities, in uh, a small village. If I have chance, I'll be there for sure. Awesome. I'm not there because uh, I want to post my pictures on Instagram or uh, maybe <laughs> this will help me with a good sponsor and I can be world champion and this and that. But it's on my heart, you know, it's on my gut. I need to feel I bring people because I, I guess because I had this uh, hard starting. I guess that's my my part of uh, uh, give back, you know. Mm. So if I can teach someone from scratch, and then after one week, ten days of classes or seminars or whatever you want to say, these people, oh, okay, now I know how to apply a kimura. Uh, I know how to apply a simple choke. Man, yes. that's. That's, that's a word for me, you know? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a world. Yeah. I mean, that's refreshing to hear because a lot of the, the mindset has changed nowadays. It's just... Um, McDojo life. And it's not McDojo life. It's just that people... It's, everything is for Instagram now. People are not actually trying to do things. Because they can yeah, help yeah. And, you know, I have a funny thing about this. Uh, uh, last week, I was talking with a guy, personally, he was uh, talking to me about the BGG classes, how it's working, especially on that time. He want to try. I said, okay, man, come. We have all uh, the, the uh, measures here, alcohol and blah, blah, blah. And then he said, oh, you have an Instagram? I said, yeah, I have an Instagram. Okay, I will add you, right? Okay, great. If you can follow me back because I want to reach 3,000 followers. And I said, okay, man, okay. <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> inside of me, I felt something like, please don't come again. Please. <laughs> <laughs> because, no, because, you know, in my mind, this guy will come to the class, don't do any shit. And then do a selfie. Oh, selfie one more GJJ session. Yeah. You know? We get a few people. Maybe I'm is. wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. You're but, not wrong. You know, if I talk with you at the first time, I ask you how the class working on uh, this outbreak. And then I add you on Instagram. It's okay. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I need your WhatsApp. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. It's normal nowadays. Yeah, yeah. of course. Connecting. But don't, yeah, don't send me. Okay, I want to reach this. Yeah, I want to reach this. I want to reach that. Of following of views of man, please. It's jujitsu is jiu -jitsu. the wrong things, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of this, like qualities that are outside of you know just strangling people and you know breaking their limbs. Um, First and foremost, jujitsu gives people self-confidence, right? Like it's not just teaching people how to, well, classes on. Oh, I'm simply in love with this environment right now. <laughs> yeah, so I'm in the gym right now and there's class happening. So I thought I'd just show you what our gym looks like. 
Yeah, that's nice, man. Well done, well done. <laughs> Sorry, Mo. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Nothing. So, um, it's not always just about the techniques either, right? That okay, you can do a triangle, arm lock, choke, headlock, whatever you want. Um, but what do you look for in a black belt? Like, what makes a brown belt a black belt, or a black belt a black belt? Like. Definitely. Or what? Or uh, to, uh, to phrase that question differently, what does it take to become a black belt? Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, guys, can I ask this, and then I can add one thing after that? Of course. Of course. Okay. Uh, so, first of all, I truly believe one hundred one percent in resilience. Why? Because it doesn't matter if you're a competitor, if you are just uh, doing that for hobby, just doing that for fitness, just doing that for whatever you want to say. You want to commit with something, right? Yeah. If you don't have commitment, you don't going to reach your resilience. Because if you have no commitment, I said, okay, today I just lose my time here. I waste my time. Okay, tomorrow I'll be back. Yeah. That's nothing, right? So first of all, commitment, then resilience. Because many times, most of times in my case, even right now, yesterday, I, I want to give this little break. Yesterday, I was training. And then after, I don't know, maybe half an hour, I take one guy, one of these uh, four guys, and I pass his guard, put pressure over him, and then I look the the timer, 30 seconds left. I just breathe a little bit. I said, oof, it's <laughs> come to ending. Because he's lighter than me, so he's very quickly. He's very fast. And then he poof, but a triangle, inverse triangle on me. And I said, holy shit. Then he cranked my neck. I said, no, I don't gonna tap. I don't gonna tap. And then <laughs> the time it's over. Man, this guy simply uh, uh, ruins my training session, right? <laughs> because I was doing well, not so painful, not sore. Then that happened on the last 30 seconds. That's part of uh, resilience. Then I return to, to your point, guys. Uh, because most of times, the things don't go according to plans, mm -hmm. right? In any, any field of your life, I say, uh, you can say, okay, I will sell that for $1,000 and I have a 1,000 of pieces of this and I will become rich and... Okay, that's a good uh, uh, idea. But then you realize you lost 50% of this. Yeah. You don't know why on the street on the, or you put on the garbage for the mistake. <clears throat> and then the things change. And on the time we are living now with this COVID, it's a properly time to find this. Many people, in my view, many people start to become depressive, start to becoming to, oh, okay, my life is over, this is not good, and I have nothing to, to give back to, to humans, and, you know, but BJJ prepare ourselves from white to black to red, to improve, to adapt, to, to apply resilience, to have your commitment. So when I left the mat, I said, oh, this thing not working, this thing working. I will pay attention what not uh, happening good, but I'm still, still doing what happening good. Mm. And this is for life. This is for life. So when I turned from my purple belt from my brown belt to my black belt, it's a turning point in a way because I said, okay, man, I reached a level I have been dreaming by eight years, 
uh, almost uh, nine years. And then I want to prove to myself I'm good enough to teach, to compete, to change the people's life. Right. You know? And then I come to this additional thing I haven't asked for. Today, my main goal, of course, I said to spread the BJJ message, but above of that, to make an impact to change people, people lives. And you know why? Here in my city, I had two students. I know it's only two, but with Achiba, we said the magic number is one. Because if you change one life, this life can change another life. And then that became my snowball. Right? right so two guys over here they are so deep on drugs and then they pass in front of my academy at that time to 2012 2013 bah, 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 bah. and then what well, because when they pass in front of the academy they look with interest you know i felt that mm. then someday i invite them Okay, come, come. And I don't know their background with drugs, right? And they started to training. One in BJJ, another one BJJ and MMA. Okay. In four or five months, the father of this guy uh, uh, was practicing BJJ and MMA said, man, you change my son's life. Man, that that's make me like uh, oh man, I'm the king of the world, you know? <laughs> because yeah, in a in a good way, in a good way, yeah, not in a course. selfish way. Yeah, because I I reach my target, but I don't even know this guy passed through all these struggles, mm -hmm. and then he did two pro MMA fighters. Wow. He did, I guess, six or seven amateur, and then he did two pro MMA fighters. The first one, he knocked the guy out in nine seconds. And then on the second one, unfortunately, he is uh, lost. But man, that's my deal, you know. I impact some lives because of BJJ. And then the people can impact another lives because of the BJJ or whatever they, they want to do, MMA, grappling, because it's my field, then I felt so good to impact positive uh, lives in a, a good way, in a really properly way. Because it's different. I teach someone to fighting. Oh, that's good. That's okay. Of course, that's my job. But when can do more than that, that's perfect, man. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. That's some like life lesson stuff, not just yeah, that's life stuff, yeah. You know, yeah. like you apply it everywhere, just be disciplined, do well, work out, yeah, show yeah, up, absolutely. be regular. You know, these are the things that will translate to like having a good successful life, not be lazy, just chaotic, come once in a while to training, uh, just show up, do for four rounds, sit out the other four rounds. Like that's no way to get good at anything. Yeah, um, absolutely. Amazing. Any um, final thoughts for some of the young grapplers that are listening to this podcast um, from you, Professor? Any final words? Yeah. Uh, first of all, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate to be here. Thank you for coming I, on. Yeah, thank you so I, much. I listen all your episodes. If oh, you believe really? it or not, That's yeah, awesome. I'm a pod oh, no. yeah, I'm a podcast lover, man. Uh, <laughs> awesome. I guess I'm I'm following 12, 13 podcasts, and I listen full episode of all these my my personal group of podcasts, right? And <laughs> you are there, you are there. Amazing. So my message is very simple, guys. If you are in BJJ or any fight. Uh, sports or in life don't exist shortcuts just exist hard work you know why 
Because if a guy like me, who knows nothing about BJJ, even if I practice for six months, if I can understand and I can apply BJJ for my life and that's become my profession, that means you have no shortcuts. Because shortcuts don't give you the properly approach of things, the proper detail of things. Even if you become rich because you get on the lottery, right. that's not a good way because that's shortcut. You don't know how, how to deal with that. So if someone show you the shortcut, go to the other way. That's my message. Amazing. Thank you so much, Professor, for doing this. We hope to have you out soon to India, Delhi, um, on your next travel plan. So, appreciate it. We hope to see you soon. Please, uh, we're going to stay in touch with you. Yes, guys. Thank you so much. I'm really honored to be here. Thanks, guys, for listening. And, guys, as soon as I can travel abroad and talk with uh, guys from India, we'll be on that group. Thank you awesome. so awesome. much. Thank I really appreciate so it.